Another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of New York, the show of Converge, Jeff Buckley singing now again, the printing press, and so much more with today's guest, Mr. Matthew Corzelius of the Roosevelt Room, recently competed in one of his first challenges, the Tio Pepe Sherry competition. It was a great experience for him. We talked about it a little bit off mic, but this is a good chat about everything that I love, things I hope that you guys love as well, loss building yourself up from nothing, struggling, music, being creative, and learning how analog things work, such as the printing press. So, without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Matthew Corzelius of The Roosevelt Room. A lot of the heavy stuff I listen to, it mostly comes out of a love for technicality oh, in music so nice. so a band like converge a band like every time i die speaks to me yeah in that from that sense whereas the more straight ahead hate breed style hard yeah, yeah, car yeah. doesn't talk to me as much the right. bro core that kind yeah. of thing doesn't often do it for me in the same way oh, that's um, a good point i i like guitar riffs i sure. like solos i like technical drumming and whatnot how about Dillinger Escape Plan? Dillinger Escape Plan is one of my all-time favorites. That's literally what I was listening to when I pulled <laughs> up to the house. See, I figured as much. Because you think about like technical proficiency, and those guys are masters. It changed my whole brain. Really? When I first listened to Calculating Infinity, yeah. I was just, I didn't know like what what's happening. <laughs> and it opened up this whole new world of like music that you listen to for its replay value where you learn something new yeah. about it every time you listen to it. It's the I same kind of rap music that I listen to. It's yeah. the stuff that's super dense lyrically, where I can if I, I, I can listen to a ASAP rock record that I've had for 10 years and yeah. still find new lines that I like missed oh, over man. time. I love that about music. I love that about cocktails, too. You know, we, we're drinking a scotch, right? Mm-hmm. So adding a little bit of water to the Spring Bank 12-year, single cask burgundy, first use. I mean, whatever, dude. I mean, my mind's blown by that. But... It changes as we change. Mm-hmm. It changes as time goes on. Do you think your taste in music kind of changes as well as you're getting older? Absolutely. I mean, I still have my standbys. What, what's like? What's the staple thing for you that's been with you all these years? Uh, I mean, there's a couple. Um, uh, Tom Waits. Oh yeah, well. I've been a huge <laughs> fan like my whole life. Of course, or at least a whiskey. Uh, we're gonna start. Yeah, right. Having a gravelly voice here in a second. And uh, you know. Aesop Rock yeah. is one of those one of those guys. Um, every time I die, since yeah. I was you know in high school, really, yeah, man, they've been around such a long. They've time. They've been around a really long time. Cave in, we're talking about cave in. Cave in. How did you feel about the shift from cave in being almost speed metal to actually prog metal? I, I, I love that. I'm a huge fan. I'm not. I've never been the old stuff is better guy. Yeah, that guy bothers me. That sure. guy really annoys me because it's that's like the it flies in the face of growth. Yes, and, and change, uh, yeah, evolution. And sure, some bands grow up and end up not being as good as they used to. Right. It happens, but yeah. but the just automatic knee jerk, like response to a, 
a band maybe not being as heavy or moving into different territory that just automatically being bad to someone that kills me that's not my it is really a metaphor for how people are Mm -hmm. they want everything to be great again instead of trying to let it just evolve and grow and grow with it right and you know like deftones yeah that point that grew up with their audience yeah and they grew up as yeah, opposed to and did. then there's corn which kind of stay i, I just, don't they're they're just a flat line yeah the whole they were time good. i met those real quick story about corn sure i when i was living in salt lake city young kid i bugged the sunday night show which is always the new music show i bugged the music director who was hosting that show like every week because he owed me a battle legend cd mm-hmm. <laughs> so i cool. called him yeah. and he never sent it to me and i'm like dude what are you gonna <laughs> say it's because stranger than fiction ended up being a really influential record Huge, for me. yeah yeah and i bug him all the time i'm like dude where's my cd where's my cd <laughs> he's like well, why don't you just basically more or less even though he's a mormon dude he's like why don't you fucking come pick the cd up right <laughs> so i'm young and i, I can't drive yet. my mom's got to take me down there and so i go down there and i end up working for the radio station as it oh that's awesome. as an assistant to the music director so the just point being that music changes so much, but you have to like be open to all of the stuff that it becomes. Yeah, who who wants to live the same day every over and over again? Some people just do. And uh and like you said, it, it speaks to the style of bartending that I am um Yeah. That I am drawn to, which is that there's a new challenge every day and it it encourages growth as yeah. opposed to working a shot and beer kind of spot, which I love for what it is. Right. But I don't That's think I Tom can work Petty that. to me. Yeah, for sure. And But then once you want to get into different kind of meters, different kinds of lyrical content, mm-hmm. you got to branch out. You get into brandies. You get into scotches. You get into Armagnacs, which is a brandy. But, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, 100%. You think that you're... Well, man, all right. So I want, I've not had the chance to talk about this one Mutoid Man song with anybody so far. This whole song about him fucking the devil's daughter. <laughs> you know what song I'm talking Wait, which about? Which one is that? Which it's one like, is that on the record? I spent a day with the devil. Boom, boom. <laughs> and I, I look so disheveled. And he talks about like he he was never harder after sleeping with the, the daughter of the devil. Dude, what the what world is he fucking writing from to talk about this shit? Well, he's he's now embraced the like metal thing (laughs) where it's like it's an attitude and it's a style of like over the top writing and whatnot because with caven was so deadly serious absolutely all the time yeah and then mutoid man comes out and it's just a different feel it's so much more fun it's comedic almost comedic almost you know it's 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 like comes from the metalocalypse school of like comedy in metal and just being so over the top it's amazing operatic and just like totally histrionic yes but that's one of my favorite songs lyrically ever Mm -hmm. As he talks about it being a disheveled, self-effacing young man that has a date with the devil's daughter. Mm-hmm. Brilliant fucking record. So we have to stay unified on this and that Warmones is top five records of last year. Easily. Okay. Easily. You know, it's I haven't gotten to ingest it as one piece. It's, per, it's yet. flawless, man. Um, it's it when I I only really discovered it accidentally. Yeah. Like they were a band that was like Bleeder came out and I'm like, this is cool. I like this, but yeah. I never really like sunk my teeth all the way into it. And I'm only now going backwards yeah. and getting and finding it. Uh, Kiss of Death on Warmones. Oh, is, it's such is a great one of my favorites. Song. Oh, man, it's, God damn, it's so good. 
whatever, you know, Stephen Brodsky, I've had a crush on dude forever. He's, He's a brilliant songwriter. But I find that a healthy, fortified background in music helps us taste. When you think about triads, mm-hmm. I mean, I, the first time I met you, you were behind the bar at Roosevelt Room, and this is something I, I hope I don't talk about too much with people, but it's bass, mid, and treble. Perfect cocktails of daiquiri, right? Because it mm-hmm. expresses all of those things. So for you, right, as you did, mm. what does music inspire you as well to balance flavors? Hmm. Thinking of it in that kind of way. It's interesting. I guess I've never, I haven't thought of it that way. Really? I think, I think of it, my, my connection, music to the bar yeah. has more to do with the idea of how a band works. Oh, no, and in a great. team yeah. situation, um, I haven't really connected music to a cocktail yet, and I love I love that. It makes perfect sense because you think of Cream, right, or Nirvana, great, sure, sure, great sure. three pieces, and some of the greatest cocktails are just simply three ingredients: mm-hmm. base, mid, high, <laughs> acid, booze, bitter. Right, I love that. It's a way I look at everything, and I'm mm-hmm. not trying to be prescriptive about how people because everybody learns differently, right? Sure. But music is so passion. It's a passionate out form, or excuse me, place for people to create. You know that I think that's a really nice template for cocktails. One hundred percent. Yeah, I really like that actually. But- so there we go. We got to think about well, what what you know, what's in bloom now? What's a what's what is an in bloom cocktail? You know, not even on the spot, but I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah, hypothetically, yeah, no, no doubt. I love thinking about it like that. Or what's a sunshine of your love cocktail? See, I like it because you're looking up this and I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like really trying to pull that down now. Well, all right. So let's going backwards. This sure. whole thing, we've got one real native Buffalonian. What's the right word? Buffalonian. Oh, good, good. I got it. I was mm-hmm. pretty close. Mm-hmm. We got one big notable outspoken one here in Austin, Texas. We do. Mr. Travis. Travis Tober. Fucking Tober. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking today that the way that people look up to rap stars for their opulence mm-hmm. and their braggadocery, if that's the right word, or braggadocio kind of. Braggadocio. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, please correct me. Sure. That's how people look up to Tober. These younger direct, younger generations I like, can... this dude fucking makes it happen and he never is not wearing a hat. <laughs> Short of jewelry, that's his accoutrement. Yeah, right? that's true. Did you have any runnings or intersections with Tober in dude, Buffalo? I just met him. I just no met him kidding. a couple weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Um, but it's kindred, right? What's What do you mean? Being both from Buffalo, right? Oh, for sure. Once we talked, you know, I was like, by the way, like, I I I can't count anymore how many people have told me that we need to like have a have a sit down. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was great. We talked for a couple. He was behind the bar, and they were pretty busy, but he carved out a couple minutes for me, and we we talked. Uh, he also did the. I met him briefly, um, but he was in a different sort of a. Uh, mind space <laughs> when uh we did miracle at at yeah, the eleanor and yeah. he did our he was santa, our, our santa that yeah. night yep and we used my i have a, a crown royal throne a it's throne big purple felt throne oh my god that's branded crown royal and we used that as the like the santa chair and just covered it in like christmas blankets so to obscure the branding oh it's amazing but uh don't blacklight that thing i have a feeling oh it would <laughs> light up your room for sure. <laughs> so that's it but it's great that we now have two wonderful folks from buffalo that 
in my experience anyway, people from Buffalo are really down to earth, really communal. What was your upbringing like? I mean, people are really friendly there. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the they call it the city of good neighbors. Yeah, that's like one of our. our and every time it there's a blizzard, which happens with Frequently. great regularity, <laughs> that's when it really comes out. Everyone's shoveling each other out yeah. and plowing each other's, you know, driveway and whatnot. Just kind of, uh, we're all, it's it's a we're all in this together sort of. That's good. Um, feel in that city. Um, Long suffering Bills fan. And uh, we all, we all, we're all in that together. Oh man, and, Jim uh, Kelly. I remember, I remember the, days. Who the was, days. man. Who's the running back for Jim Kelly? Thurman Thomas. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Those were the days I was watching football. Thurman Thomas, Bruce so Smith, much. Andre Reed. It was yeah. a crazy, crazy team that Great can't team be repeated again. Yeah. But never. special time in history. It was. And uh, I, I, man, I grew up in the most, the, the, the most run of the mill, upper middle class middle class yeah um suburban i lived about 15 minutes outside the city at no a, pl- in a place called grand island yeah it's right there in the niagara river mm-hmm. and uh i lived in a house for a couple of years where i could see canada from my front window oh, wow. it was like right across the water yeah if you looked off to the right was the uh, the mist of niagara falls big cloud o- over that you could see it is it beautiful it sounds beautiful it it is yeah um grand island is a very very beautiful place and wow. it's, it's just kind of a little it's literally an island um yeah that you have to cross through to get to Niagara Falls. I didn't know that. You leave Buffalo, you go <laughs> Grand Island, <laughs> Niagara Falls. Gotcha. Quick little jump. What, man, how about this? Because music enters, because you went to school for music, I think, yeah? Um, music went, business, or rather? I, yes, I got my degree in music business at, at uh, SUNY Fredonia. Wait, so where does that come from, that love of music? Were your folks in music? Was it Dude, something that, just... It's, it's a crazy thing, because my brother is a musician as well. Younger or older? Older, yeah. like two years. And he's a kick-ass uh, dueling piano player. He, really? He travels from Wilmington, North Carolina, to um, National Harbor in uh, Baltimore, or in Maryland. Maryland, yeah. Um. Uh, three weekends a month, stays there for three days, and then drives back, wow. um, and does the works at this great wild piano bar out there. Really? Yeah, he's he's a kick ass musician. So what's weird is we don't know We're- why, because <laughs> uh, definitely not my dad. Yeah, we think um, you know he's he he's a what is your fan of music? Yeah, he he showed me Chicago. He showed yeah. me yes. Yes. And that's a lot of where my proggy That's what my mom did the same from. thing. Phil Genesis, early Genesis with my mom. You know, too. that was not one of them. Really? I'm only recently really discovering early Genesis. It's good, but yes. Fragile, one of the greatest records ever. Yeah. Right? And it was funny, though, because my dad, he showed me yes. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't hear, he, he doesn't hear the difference between, say, Roundabout and Owner of a Lonely Heart. <laughs> He he doesn't hear the difference. He doesn't hear the difference. God and I'll bless be like, him. Dad, how can you? Like, I love actually love both of their those sure, songs for different song. reasons, but they're almost like they're different bands. Same thing with Chicago. You listen to like introduction, right. and then you listen to Look Away. Yeah, and you're like, what is? How is this the same band? <laughs> Dude, well, technology changed yes, profound because it's Trevor Rabin playing guitar and then Steve Howe right mm-hmm. on Friday. So mm-hmm. like, you have to get really fucking prog nerdy, right? But. Yeah, right. I'm a guitar player. I think you play guitar as well. We kind of smidge, but yes, it it changes so much. But there's the deepness, and I like that because your dad just likes it, mm-hmm. right? He can't. Yeah. He think just about likes it. it. He likes yes. That's he likes amazing. Chicago, and yeah. to him, they never really changed. He just <laughs> always liked it. I, 
<laughs> so it's funny. Uh, so he's just not hearing things like that. Right. Though, is my point. But I like um, that he's just feeling it. Yeah. And we think we think my mom has some latent musical ability that <laughs> probably just didn't get nurtured right. over the years. What do they do for a living, your folks? Um, my mom raised the kids. Yeah. Um, my dad was a or is still he's the uh, president at a, a business called Buffalo News Press. Yeah. It's one of the last on paper printing presses of its kind. Um, they've been watching, they've watched company fall after company and after company and they're still, still standing out there That's in amazing. Buffalo. Yeah. How long has he been doing that? He's been doing it most of his life That's since incredible. he was in his twenties. Was it something that he encouraged, you know, cause sometimes dads are like, Hey, you know, you should probably come into this business. It's not so bad. Was he like that? Not really. In fact, I worked for them for a little while and then I had to get laid off because we, um, we lost a major account. Mm. And it was a dark time for the business. This was a long. This was fifteen years ago oh, at least. Okay. Um, and uh, we lost a huge account. Had to. We had to let a bunch of people go. So I was like, chopped. <laughs> like I had to, you know, because otherwise the optics wouldn't have been quite right mm. if the boss's son stuck around. Um, so I, he really never. I, I, I think there just was not wasn't a place for me there. Yeah. And I think he's afraid of its future. Kind of looking out for you. Ability to, to maintain. Sure. He's just trying to get, he's trying to get to retirement. Yeah. And then Easy not street. have it shut down on his watch. Right. You know? Oh, that's, and, I mean, uh, that's admirable still. Yeah. It's very much an old industry, but mm-hmm. there's still this uh, deep respect for that ancient art in a way. Yeah. yeah. It, it was really a wild uh, learning experience. To, I worked in what was called pre-press. Yeah. Took these giant metal plates and I had to burn negatives of the ads that we were doing that's amazing using light they're photosensitive plates and you burn the images onto the plate and then those plates go to press dude okay so have you do you watch movies at all yeah sure so oscar race is in full effect the academy awards will be on here the first week of mm-hmm. march mm-hmm. the post which is new steven spielberg movie meryl streep about oh that's right right i saw a thing about that there was the first time i saw how a press works and it's amazingly it's vivid. It's wild. It's yeah. fucking crazy because it's all the letter, all the typeface that has to be mm-hmm. in place. Mm-hmm. That they must have letters to go, you know, a 10, fo- 10 point letters and then they put those in 20 point. I don't even know how the thing works, but I was like, this is complete analog. It is so beautiful. And we are so removed mm-hmm. from being able to understand where that mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting, you know, and, you know, and analogously, if you think about cocktails for a long time, we're in the same place there. It's like, just give me the thing that will get the job done. Mm-hmm. But now, a bit of a tangent, but people are more interested in where their shit comes from, aren't they? For sure. Yeah. Um, Because they know that it's all about a little bit of in- information Yeah. Can is, is dangerous, sure. you know, and get people going down a road. And once they realize there's more out there yeah. than your Jack and Coke, they... They want they want to see what else right. there is, and but I like that because it, it that's keeping me keep, employed, man. <laughs> it's keeping people's minds open and their wallets open and their ability to try new things. Mm-hmm. I, you know what's strange is that you get the sentiment, at least in the current political climate. And yes, I'll jump over multiple topics as we talk. If sure, you sure, kind of got that already. But politically, people seem very closed off. Me versus you, you versus me, right? So this is very polar. But in the cocktail realm. It's a nice, safe, quiet, communal spot where people are open to 
conversation. Mm-hmm. They're not firmly affixed to anything. When you say give someone maybe a brandy cocktail suggestion, people are more open to it, I imagine. Yeah, 100%. And it helps that um, in most of these, in most cocktail bars that we like to go to, yeah. there's not a TV in sight. That's a great point. Guiding yes. the conversation a certain right. way. Um, it We're talking about what's here in front of us, what's right. what we're being served, Tasting what we're looking feeling. for, and we're doing it with each other. And there's nothing reminding us that we might have some beef with each other, <laughs> you know? Man, I, you know, one of my, one of Lydia's friends, my wife, previous husband anyway, redneck, right? Mm-hmm. That's cool. I've got no problem with it. Sure. And I always say, okay, you know, maybe I'm this white liberal guy from Austin. So stereotype. But I'll buy a bottle of Jim Beam White and I'll put it on the table and we're going to drink that thing. That whole thing. In a way, that's the great equalizer. It's the great equalizer. You're, it, to- you're, it is, right? You're speaking each other's language that's at That's that exactly point. right. It's like, and then if they're like, oh, I can't drink that, it's like, well, why? I thought that that's what you represented. Right? Because it's being tough and shit kicking. and Right. So but we, I guess that's reductive on some level well, as well. Well, sure. You know? <laughs> Maybe I'm being a little judgmental. But it's nice to say that booze is still one of the things sure. that can bring us together, mm-hmm. reaching across the aisles. All right. So I digress. You have pursued music. And what was the hope there? What was the ultimate aspiration? Were you trying to be in an, on a label? Were you trying to be a songwriter? Well, so before I was before I got my degree in music business, I actually was a musical theater major wow. at uni- at the University of Buffalo. No way. different SUNY school. I did that for about a year and a half. Do you dance well? No, <laughs> that was a that makes a two tricky of us. part a tricky <laughs> part of my experience. I um so in high school my senior year, so I was captain of the wrestling team. Really? But I was also in, in my senior year. I only went out for the the musical once, and it was yeah. West Side Story. Beautiful. And I got the lead. And we were, uh, it was an all-boys Christian school, yeah. but because of our, we got lucky with a couple of our um, staff members, we ended up becoming uh, a, a major, like, we had to rent out a local university's um, theater yeah. to do our shows, and they would sell out every night. It would be packed, like, hundreds and hundreds of people. Wow. Um, and then girls from the local schools, any school, we did open auditions, and it would, hundreds of girls were auditioning to be in our shows. So what? it was kind of like a big thing. That is big. And I did. I so I played Tony my senior year in yeah. West Side Story, and it was like, well, I don't have any other plans. I guess maybe I'll do this. Yeah, it's incredible. It didn't work, you know. I, well, maybe not long term, but all right. I got to ask you the question, and I'll, I'll put this out here. Sure. As a guitar player playing in bands and we sold out shows and whatever, never got me laid. <laughs> but I'm I'm a kind of a, a reserved guy though. Sure. Playing Tony though, how did that work? It, it was a uh, it was a, a a funny it was a wild little time in my life, man. <laughs> but at the same time, I was brutal, wildly busy. Yeah. Um, it, like I said, I was also the the captain of the wrestling team right, that right. year, and I didn't quit. I did both. I would Jeez. run down the hallway from one rehearsal to practice and yeah. and whatnot. It was a really intense time of my life. When did you find out that you actually had pretty good pipes? You're pretty my good whole singer. life. No kidding. Me and my brother, we just really, the way we listened to music was so um, detail-oriented, yeah. and we would sing along. Or we sang in church 
from like when we were kids. Sure. And it just kind of was a supernatural, like supernatural. I can't remember a time when I wasn't singing. In really? My life. Um, Anybody that's particular? Give me two guys that you love to listen to and love to sing along with. Uh, Jeff Buckley is my wow. hero. That's a th- uh, that's quite a challenge. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying. I, I, in fact, I also have like a a self-imposed rule not to ever cover Jeff Buckley. Yes, I like, like that. That's you know, thank let's you just for that. Let that let it be. Kind of perfected a lot of things. Yeah, especially, yeah. I okay, I have covered Hallelujah, but who hasn't? <laughs> I've I've heard it in many different flavors, and I've liked most of them. Sure, as long as it wasn't an American Idol. Yeah, right. The I actually saw. Overblown. That, yes, yeah. I did see. A gentleman who I deeply admire, Mr. Mr. David Bazan, singer of Page of the Line, who actually mm-hmm. is playing tomorrow night, reunion, reuniting after 12 years. Anyway, he finished a whole bottle of tequila and still, from the heavens above, inspired by them saying hallelujah in a lower octave. It was just lovely. All right, so Jeff Buggy, who else do you got? Man, um, let me think. Vocally, who kills me? Oh, um, Neil Fallon from Clutch. From clutch, that's not easy to pull off. It's a yeah. little grunty. Well, again, like I don't know. So, are you asking me who I try to emulate? No, no, okay. emulate. Just people you would like, even though I would you would kill never sound for Neil like Fallon's a... voice. Man. No kidding. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. But that is not my voice, yeah. not even remotely. Oh man, it's like Chino. If I could scream like that, right? Well, he barely well, does it anymore. He can't. Got, you can got tell. Got one vocal. Yeah, it's out. Uh, Brodsky still screams like a motherfucker too. He's, dude, listening to. The Mutoid Man yeah. records. I'm like, where was this? Yes, that whole time. Right. Like he didn't sing like this before. No, he's <laughs> just, just like an older. Nice, yes, and more just, out there. It's wild. Love it. Well, so you're inspired by singing. Were you also a songwriter as well? I, I, you know, I was in some, uh, uh, you know, just low level local local bands. Yeah. I did some some stuff. I uh, actually most of the you know, like the last couple years I spent in Wilmington. I was in a wedding band no you know like yeah so I've, I've done more covers than i've done original well, stuff well still it's a great way to to be able to get out there and it was a lot it. of fun it was yeah. half of my income too for a little while that's brilliant but uh uh most of my original material is actually rap no shit aesop rock style more organic kind of like mm. real low i don't examples. have the brain for aesop rock stuff no like no one does he, yeah he's on a on in a whole level. other world but um I would say my rapping is closest to like uh, LP from Run the Jewels, okay, like yeah. the 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 Run the Jewels LP, not the early LP that was so mm. heady and brainy. Right, I'm not quite that. <laughs> I I'm too deliberate with my words, and I it would take me forever yeah. to write a 16 if I was trying to be overthink it. Sure, you know? that's amazing. So the piece of this, and I, I want to talk about love for a second. Because there's obviously something that jettisons you into the cocktail world, and that could be that music is just something that you want to keep doing. You got to pay the bills during mm-hmm. the day. There's all this stuff, mm-hmm. right? But so you, when did you meet your late wife? Um, she grew up in my neighborhood. No way. We grew up basically right down the street from each other. I knew her my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Were you guys friends before you were um, together? Two years younger. Yeah. She was. Um, and so we were. We were. There were run-ins, neighborhood run-ins, but yeah. we weren't. Close, you know, two years is a lifetime when you're a kid. But right now, it's like, and then once you hit like twenty, it nothing. means very little. Yeah, right. Um, but when you're a kid, two years is like you're not. I don't want to like hang out. Yeah, with you. right. Yeah, you know, yeah. so like, you just kind of don't. Um, we so we we knew each other. Yeah, weren't close. We really didn't become close until college. 
Um, was she going to the same school for? No, in fact, she went to Albany. Albany, oh. And I was in. How far is Albany from? Albany is about a five and a half hour drive. Oh, shit, okay. Um, But we just went to a couple of the same parties during like vacations and uh, then just hit it off. Wow. Is that Kaylee or Callie? Kaylee. Kaylee. Yep. And things just worked out. Mm -hmm. Was she Um, a music fan as well? She was a a college girl listening to mostly whatever's on, you know. um, (laughs) She loved Dave Matthews Band. Who doesn't? Come on. She loves Tom Petty. Yeah. Um, You know, American Girl was like her favorite song ever. Such Um, a quintessential song. Yeah, for sure. Um, And we had very different approaches to music, for sure. Sure. Um, As I do with my my girlfriend right now. Yeah. We just listen. We hear it differently, but that's fine. How long seemingly... It happened pretty quick. Do you guys get married pretty quickly? Or? No, in fact, we were together for like almost six years yeah. before we got married. Wow. Um, we moved to New York City together. Lived there for three or four, four about four years. What were you doing there? In um, New York City? Hmm. <laughs> so I was partying, man. I was just living the life. Yeah. I uh, I worked at a singing diner mm. called Ellen's Stardust Diner mm. in Times Square. Uh, right in the heart of the Broadway theater district. It's a absolute tourist trap. And they employ mostly actors who Lead, are... Leads from West Side Story in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I, I, was, uh, in, I was being no longer a theater person. I was kind of the, the minority of the type of people that they were hiring. Yeah. Mostly people who are between theater jobs, whether it's they're auditioning and, and whatnot. And uh, they have a big sound system, cordless mics, and say there are 12 people on the floor. Sure. That, that's the set list, all 12 of us. And we would, you'd be serving your table, but you would know I'm after Amanda, so I got to get in there. I got to be ready yeah. to grab the mic and sing Mac the Knife. <laughs> or and whatever. Just all I can think of is that fucking diner from Pulp Fiction. I mean, it's it, not right, like totally Buddy Holly like that. and Marilyn Monroe. They shit. actually, remember that show Glee? Yeah, sure. Yeah, they um, there was a season where they all worked there. No way. It was, they like they renamed it, but it was, it was Ellen Stardust Diner. They like, no shit. They were wearing our uniform and all that because that's who it was for. Yeah. like that's who that job was for. Wow. You know, people who were just got out of college now they're doing the Broadway thing. Sure. Did you? <laughs> how do you transition? I mean, there, so there's. Two momentous things that seemingly mm-hmm. happen around this time. So you, with Kaylee, six years and you guys get married. Mm-hmm. And how long before you find out that she has brain cancer? She had it almost our entire relationship. No kidding. Um, so you knew that from the beginning? Yeah. I knew it. We found out while she was in Albany and I was in Fredonia. And I got a phone call that she had, she was training for a marathon. Yeah. She had just run 13 miles and then had a seizure. Oh. Um. And then it was like phone tag about, okay, we're going to the hospital. Okay, now they don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. they found something. And then we just stayed together. It was always kind of a foregone conclusion that she would beat it. Sure. It always just felt that way yeah. uh, for until until the end, man, until that last like year. Yeah. Um, but she, uh, um, yeah, we she had it the whole time. She had it when we moved to New York and 
But you, you know, you're thinking, why, why, why can't we? She's why strong. She's young. Right. She was still. It took a long time for it to kind of take her life from her, as in like her ability Physical, to yeah. be normal, like to live a normal existence. Um, it was. It wasn't easy, but we were able to live in New York without too much trouble. Yeah. And she was a social worker oh, wow. in the Bronx, dude. dude little. Dude, are you kidding me? Blonde. Going from house to going to these different houses and checking on these kids' living situation. Oh. It was wild what she did. Right. Fearless. During all this, fearless. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. How long were you guys married before you you understood that things were maybe not as optimistic? Well, it had been a steady decline for about six years by the time we got married. Yeah. Um, and it was you know, you're putting on the optimistic face, and we it was trial after trial, yeah. treatment after treatment, just over and over and over again. And everything would work, and working usually meant no news. Right. Um. But then it would get worse. And then she'd try something else, it would plateau. And then mm-hmm. it would get worse. So it never, we never had it. There was never a remission. There was never any like, right? any pullback from it. It just got worse steadily. So, I mean, it was a slow, I, the way I describe it, man, was like getting in a, a car wreck that took seven years to happen. Yeah. You know, just the, the most slow motion car accident of all time. Right. That's kind of how it felt. Inevitably waiting to get, fucking wrecked right strange thing right mm-hmm. like it's punch in slow motion yeah and it you know like it and it would take one thing from her it would take another and it yeah. would take another as though it was just kind of closing in on her um had you thought about having kids we actually had um yes uh, while we lived in new york we had uh eggs fertilized and stored wow before she got into some more aggressive treatments sure so that because um infertility is a huge Side effect, right? Side effect. Yeah. And given what she ended up going through, all but guaranteed that like it would have happened. So Absolutely. We, we did we took that uh so, I mean that's fourth forethought that goes into that. Do you think about that still? The fact that because in, in a way it's it's a way to commemorate this person you deeply love. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know. I'm mean, gonna be frank. Like, I don't want kids, so to me, it's not as symbolic. But I if mean, you guys did, I'll be. And to to be frank, I'm not a kid person. Yeah. Um, and I think I was just trying to give her something. Sure. Um, and I don't think I ever truly wanted children. Right. Um, but she did, mm. and it meant so much to her, and I wasn't going to take that from her. No. Given of not. what she was going, like it was kind of like. What do you want? Got it. Fine. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, I I was still like, and it was always so far in the future if yeah. we were to use that, that that option, that it was like, well, maybe I want him then. So I wasn't sure. And I was just like, yeah, okay, yeah. let's do it. Let's let's do it. I'm amenable until I'm not amenable. Right. That's how we'll, I look at it, right? We'll I'm a nice happens. guy until I'm not a right. nice guy. And I said, we got plenty of life to live up until that may happen. So yeah. we'll just live it and see where, where it goes. So where were you? you at mentally when all of this thing happened when she finally passed um it it was a very difficult time i we we did hospice in home hospice i was her yeah. primary caretaker for like she didn't need a caretaker until the last like year and a half that yeah. she did need me to be like driving her around and whatnot um and it was a very difficult time yeah for sure the, the last like month and a half at home uh, we moved, we had moved back at this point to, to Grand Island, oh, okay. Buffalo, New York, like right yeah, outside of right. Buffalo. Um, 
to her, her one of her family's house. We lived there alone. Um, and we had been there for about two years before mm. this happened, before it came to a head. And we, uh, yeah, I was devastated, man. I was, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into seeing someone who's so, uh, who was so young and uh, full of life and yeah. full of love and then watch her not truly be herself at, by the end. Like, it was hard to find her right. in the last couple months. Sure. Um, and so there's this almost, like, crazy sense of relief yeah. when it's over right. that, like, she's not in pain anymore and that this doesn't have to be happening to her. Mm. Um, but I was just starved for um, community and love because, like I said, she wasn't really there for yeah. a very for a while. Right, your counterpart. Yeah. And so I was, um, I was in a very very bad space for a little while. When you're in that dark place, and we all deal with this stuff differently, man. You know, marital problems, mm-hmm. uh, self-deprecation, whatever it is. But for you, how are you dealing with it? Were you drinking more? Were you just getting? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, drinking until. Couldn't feel you anymore. Know, yeah. Until the the lights came on in the mm-hmm. bar, you know, and uh, um, I, I I fell into some self destructive patterns, both um, substance wise and emotionally as well. Sure. Put myself in some pretty compromised positions that I like knew were destructive, and uh, just to like feel something else. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. Um. Yeah, it was a it was a wild wild time. I was just kind of floating through space too, because sure. uh, up until that time, the whole I, I worked in the service industry all that time. Yeah, um, but always in a very detached way, just mm-hmm. to make money. Right, and I worked in the service industry essentially so we could pick up and go to, you know, we spent two weeks in Alabama doing physical therapy. We spent a week in Houston doing a, a clinical trial. You yeah. know, we were constantly. New York City for this trial and that mm-hmm. trial. We were constantly going all over the place. And that's why I worked in the service industry. Sure. It's flexible. It was flexible. It's mobile. That was sense. it, man. Yeah. That was it. And then after that, I'm like, well, wow, I didn't, I don't, I'm 20, I guess I was 28. Yeah. And I don't have anything. Like, I don't have a, a, a I got a job. Sure. But I have no direction anymore. Because that was my direction. That yeah. was my whole that was what well, I was doing. You had doing. a duty, right? You had this this responsibility. Yeah. So, the North Carolina piece mm. is that safe harbor for you? Is it a way to flee? What, what it exactly was, was that? Um, yeah, one hundred percent. So, while I was still in Buffalo, um, one thing that was saving me was a band that I was playing in with yeah. some friends. That was just like catharsis weekly. Inc- you were uh, playing guitar for Incubus, right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny though. My early, my <laughs> early vocals, Brandon Boyd is what people were always like. See, how did I know? Are you trying to be Brandon Boyd? <laughs> I'm not. All right, maybe but a me, little bit. <laughs> I mean, you hardly ever wear a shirt as it is. Like you just want to kind of like have it open and the wind flowing through your hair yeah, and all right. that fucking shit. Yeah. Why does he never button up his shirt? It's really. I mean, he's a beach guy, he's a surf a guy. Fair, it's like right, a thing, fair. you know. That's You're absolutely right. So what? The notion of North Carolina, though, seems so dissimilar from New York. How does that actually? Come yeah, out? I had um, so I had been I, cutting my teeth soon after um, 
about five months after Kaylee passed. Yeah. There was a bar in Buffalo called Vera mm-hmm. that I uh, that I loved, and it was the they were the first great cocktail bar in Buffalo. Now there's mm-hmm. a bunch, but they started that charge. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a regular, they approached me to maybe become a part of their team, and they wanted me to bar back and just kind of learn and see what see what was what. Mm-hmm. They they came to me. And I took them up on it, and that's where I first cut my teeth in bartending. But I also put myself in a compromised emotional situation. Because there. of the alcohol or because? No, because of a person Girl? that is there, you know, without getting into no, any I get, details. You know, I love makes... my time at Vera and sure. uh, my uh, ins- a very inspiring uh, guy, Cam Rector, who mm-hmm. owns that place, who is now like complete, been sober for a year plus, yeah. still runs the bar. Cool. Proof that it, you can do that. Sure, of um, course. And uh, so I love my time at Vera, but I was in a destructive it's hard. I situation. Mean, how do you fucking deal with that situation, yeah. dude? You know? So I was in a destructive situation, and I decided, like, I, I'm, I can't. I got to get out of Buffalo because yeah. right now I'm the guy. Everywhere I go, I'm the guy whose wife just died. Right. Oh, that's, that's and um, and you know there were people I wanted to get away from. Right. So I just fled. I had my brother was in North Carolina. Oh, good. Um, my mom was in Wilmington. Did your folks she, separate, separate then? They sure did. Yeah, yeah, they did while we were in New York City. Oh, okay. Um, which was shocking to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, well, I can't imagine that fucking helps anything. It's like, well, hey, wait. No, I get one thing at a time. Do not put <laughs> yeah, this right. on me too, man. <laughs> yeah. It was strangely just not, it wasn't a crazy thing. It was just kind of, oh, okay. That's what it is now. I got it. But uh, so mom followed my brother out there. Oh, cool. Because once she separated from my dad, didn't really have a thing. Yeah. She had a new nephew out in North North Carolina, so so I had them. And uh, it's a good support system, right? Great support system. My brother was so thrilled to have me out there. I'm close with him. Um, my mom was too. She let me stay at her place for a couple months until mm-hmm. I got my job situation locked up and my apartment locked up. And yeah. Um. So that was it. It was. Just, I was, how, was, how was living in North Carolina? Man, it was a, a mixed bag. I I think there's a lot that I left behind in Buffalo that I miss mm-hmm. and that I like regret having lost. Yeah. Um or left behind. Sure. But sure. North Carolina, even in three years, it, almost more. Wow. Um uh, Wilmington is a it's a little town, it's still yeah. a dirty martini town. Yeah. You know? Uh it's old money. And uh but I got to work at a great a, a great restaurant and bar called, called Mana. Mana, that's right. Yeah. Um, that uh, allowed a lot of freedom for the bartenders to take the reins. Mm. Um, and uh, the the food was great. It's just an excellent, excellent place. And uh, it was a three three years between that and the bands and the music. Yeah. I got into the hip hop scene out there as well. Cool. And uh, just made so many incredible friends. I just went back there like a week ago. No shit. And hugged about. 600 people in 18 hours you know oh, it's wow. like it's just uh it's a lot Kiss of some babies and chicken yeah hands. it's so much love <laughs> out there man and uh but it was just uh the 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 market out there it just isn't what i was i needed another right yeah when I mean, you were in new york city step. it's got to be slower i'm not saying saying it's different really yeah i mean, I mean it is a small but, town yeah it's small it's a tourist town too mm. it's uh right on the coast Beach, oh, man. surf, that's who's there. So totally seasonal. Very seasonal. Yeah. Big time. Wow. Um, but that was the best uh, situation I could have landed in 
a lot of open arms. A lot of open great. arms. Yeah. Well, then it begs the question, not that I ever need to explain why Austin's awesome, because <laughs> I love it. I've been here 17, actually 18 years now. Sure. Why Austin? Well, um, a couple of things happened. A really incredible confluence of events. Uh, me and Emma were talking about uh, Emma's my my current girlfriend. Yeah. Who's, you, uh, from North Carolina. She's from North Carolina. Cool. Yeah, Outer Banks area. Uh, she's great and patient and deals with my neuroses. Um, <laughs> and you listening to neuroses? Yeah. Yay! Nice. <laughs> Boom. Yes. I love that. Um, <laughs> but she, uh, we we were talking. I said, you know, I gotta get out of here. Mm. I said I need I need to do the next thing. I said I'd love for you to come. I said I can't force you, obviously, but. Sure. <laughs> you're invited yeah like please it'd be nice yeah. and she was like um okay but it has to be warm okay fair and i'm like all right fine so it, <laughs> it literally knocked off like 80 percent of my my cities you know i could have gone back to buffalo that's I right gone to new york i could have gone to chicago boston <laughs> they're all gone done out. um and it left a pretty small cross-section austin was on the on what, else, what else is on the list um I maybe could have gotten her to do Portland. Oh, it's a little cold, though. Yeah, but I, she was something about it. She Got seemed, it. like, okay. receptive to sure. the idea. Um, we were also talking about bigger cities in North Carolina. Yeah. Like, we talked about um, Raleigh mm. was on the on the list. That's, they're, they're coming up a little bit right now. Yeah, I hear great things. Yeah, for sure. Um, Charlottesville, yeah. that's a one, too, right? Charlottesville. Is I'm not one? really familiar with that town. I hear well, Charlotte. Let's put it this way. I made me think of Charlotte. Charlottesville is actually in Canada. But uh, I keep hearing about the influx of jobs in North Carolina. So maybe that's a thing. Yeah. It, it's Raleigh is growing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So it's. But you're like. It was on the table. But I still wanted to get out of North Carolina. Yeah. I didn't want to deal with ABC anymore. They have a really tight. tight right. Um, it, it took like six weeks and a ton of paperwork to get a case of Smith and Cross. Oh, and we had to buy a case. Right. Like it's just a pain. Everything is. Hard. yeah it's really sometimes not important work <laughs> right it's not just give me a bottle of the thing and then let's get this thing. exactly let's make it easy to exactly. have commerce right but uh, austin makes the cut mm-hmm. she's she's okay yeah so the, where this came where where it really was solidified was i um was still up in the air and i scratched and clawed for two years over um during my time in wilmington to get into the to get to bar five day ah yes um, having no resume, having no or no real resume to sure. speak of, no press. Um, I had to do it the hard way, and I was able to get in. I did bar five, and then I'm just kind of in this room, yeah, filled with like industry giants. Sure, and I'm like, okay, and I'm hearing where everyone's from because we had to do a stand up. Hi, Intro my name is this. Stuff, I'm from yeah. here. I'm like, there's my Austin people. Okay, who cool. is it? Who is in there? Alex. Fucking Shoemaker. Alex Shoemaker took oh. uh took five day with me. Oh, amazing! Uh, and Mike Childress as well. Yes, right. Um, and Justin and Dennis were were facilitating. They were like working it. Yeah. Um, and so I I had a conversation with Alex. I said, you know, I'm thinking Austin, like, what's happening out there, man? And he immediately was really receptive to like, it's like there's some stuff going on at the Roosevelt. So like, keep me posted. Yeah. On that. Once I got word that I passed. Bar five, which was not a foregone conclusion. <laughs> I uh, I I hit him up again, and I was like, "By the way, I passed, and I think I'm starting to think Austin, man. Like, just and for me, it's 
music, food. You know, it, yeah. this place just has the things that I like sure. and I care about. So there's some metal here. There's some metal. <laughs> um, it just has the, enough of what I care about to to wind up here. So, yeah. uh, uh, talk to Alex, and he, uh, um, eventually I, I was gonna visit, and he's like, "Damn." Work. The whole staff is going on a vacation to San Diego while you're going to be here. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Well, that's terrible. And he goes, but, okay, since I know you're going to be out here looking for jobs, we'll just offer you one now. And I'm like, amazing. done. Moving yeah. on. Let's do it. Wow. So, yeah. I didn't realize that was the connection. That was it. Are you ha- I'm sad he's gone. I'm sad he's in L.A. Yeah, we miss him, man. I'm saying, I say gone like he's somehow passed. But, no, I mean, right, right, he right. pursued a girl. Mm-hmm. He wanted to shift. I always think it's wonderful to pursue love and i he's doing great out there i think um his body was about three years at three years at the roosevelt you know at in the capacity that he was doing it just i think he was he was good yeah i mean swimmer he had shoulder issues and Mm -hmm. stuff as we talked about Mm -hmm. but i mean it's 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 so beautifully serendipitous you guys met in that room Mm -hmm. so but that's why i did it man and it's it paid off just like that. That's amazing. You know, that's exactly why I wanted to do it. Yeah. And it, it opened up that door just like that. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. So how long have you been in Austin now? A, about nine months. Amazing. So soon, you'll have your year anniversary. Mm-hmm. You've been at what I consider, I'm going to say it, it's my favorite cocktail place in Austin. I appreciate that. Because it's not pretentious, but it's adventurous as well. Right? So you can go in there... I, the problem is, is that if you're in this industry, you're gonna get a good drink, and you're gonna get going to get a good experience. Sure. In a way, we're completely biased, and it's not subjective for us. But if I was nobody, and I am nobody, but if no one knew me there, I feel like it would be the same experience, no matter who came in there. Mm. You know, and that you would get just as an exciting and invigorating experience that somehow you're discovering the cocktails, not that you from behind the bar. Are prescribing how it's going to be but it's like here's the thing mm-hmm. here's the puzzle you go ahead and decode it how you want that's what i love about roosevelt room and that's the idea yeah. um their their approach to uh service you know we had to read danny meyer's setting the table before we even, right like that was part of the and en- the entry prerequisite know. reading yeah exactly um and uh I, that's what i something i appreciate and something that's actually um taking up more of my brain space than I expected it to. Mm-hmm. Right now, more than creativity of cocktails or theory, right now it's uh, the philosophy of service mm. and of bartending. That's where my head is more often than not right now. It's, and it's it's because of this this place. That's a very Japanese thing to think about, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You get this single thing that you may feel is rudimentary, but you get it right and you do it thousands of times. That's really... The romantic part sure. that's really the the key to success i think in your time there because sharon's still there mm-hmm. cares now there cares there you've got eric right eric day yeah. yep and uh jay davis those are the that's the core bartending staff at yeah. the moment that's amazing who's bar manager now uh bar managers is uh eric day oh eric is okay. yeah so you've got this dream team of folks that aren't maybe on global map yet in terms of person like justin is sure right? like he sure. was on this fucking gq cover right mm-hmm. and dennis just looks like you know what jimmy buffett looked like 30 years ago <laughs> <laughs> i give him so much shit about it but he's off that. getting married right he? uh in in a couple days yeah i regrettably couldn't make it but yeah so you got these two 
very ama- different force de triumph personalities. How influential is that for you to have Mr. Calm, collected, and slicked back hair and then beach bum Dennis over yeah. there? <laughs> well, you know, um, I really went in blind. Yeah. Other than knowing, just like doing some research on who these guys were, yeah, um, and it was pretty intimidating, honestly. Um, but it, it's been a pretty wild uh, learning experience, yeah. Right down to the fact that they made me start bartending right-handed. Like you're lefty. I'm a lefty. No way. And because of the way our rail, our our bar is built, sure, sure. it's built for right-handed. And so part of my training was reconfiguring my hands man wow. pouring and jiggering in opposite hands that yeah. i'm used to has been that's some larry bird shit right there dude, ambidextrous it was intense and now i can't imagine pouring any other way wow i i love it because they put you through the ringer but you emerge the stronger 10 uh, weeks and that was the uh expediated version really? of the training process man. yeah they, they fast-tracked me on purpose so they needed needed me on needed behind the bar have you pursued music while you're in town? Not even a little bit, really? unfortunately. You miss Anna, it? Don't know oh, I miss time? it so much. Yeah. Uh, I miss rapping. I miss singing. I like, it's killing me, but I, I literally don't have time. Yeah. Nor, nor have I made those connections yet. Sure. Sure, I've made a million inroads in the bar world, and that's great. But music, different But deal. music is a whole other thing, and uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't found a, a way to, to do it yet. You will. I'll, I'll make sure I get some intros for you. I think that's, that's my world. You that's know? awesome. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that's true. It I got lucky in Wilmington. Mm. Someone found me and then put me in front of crowds. Yeah. Like that was just a weird situation out there. It wasn't a fat guy that said a backshoot boys, was it? The, the, that <laughs> Ron Perlman <laughs> no, guy or whatever. Unfortunately <laughs> I'm not a millionaire um with a cocaine habit. But uh well, that's too fat either am <laughs> I. We gotta find those guys and hang out with those guys every now and again. It's true. But uh, yeah, soon, no, right? Soon, I'm I'm sure you'll fall into those circles. So I mean, soon. I I don't last too long without doing something. Absolutely. Something's got to give. It took I mean, seven years, but I made another record. I'm like, I got to do this. That's thing. awesome. You know, it life changes, we change, love changes, and obviously, at some point, our priorities change. But that's okay because we're getting <laughs> older. You know, wiser though as well. It's the idea. Yeah, at least we strive for it. We're trying. So I had two questions. Left sure. For you. I. I'm so glad to be sipping this spring bank with you because I think after this sip, I'm putting it up and I'm not going to sip it for a while. 252 bottles out of a single cask that came to Texas. That's it. Fuck. What are we going to do, right? But brilliant sipping this with you at 57. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So let's say you're sipping whatever you want. Mm -hmm. One of your favorite spirits or your singular favorite spirit. You're at any bar in the world, but you can have a conversation and a drink with anybody living or deceased mm. who would you love just to have that moment with someone to sit there and sit it's tom waits <laughs> you think he'd drink you under the table i think he's been sober for a long time oh good so, so you got a chance it depends on what year yeah you know if it's uh if it's like nighthawks at the don- diner tom waits yeah i don't stand a chance oh man but i think i'd crush him now yes that's fair you know brief tangent but quincy jones had this interview mm-hmm. the two of them amazingly revealing interviews this past week but he said that frank and there was one other person that he would drink with oh uh, ray charles seven jack doubles in an hour now oh that i God. know what that that's the pace car 
I'm not sure I could hang out with classic, classic singers. <laughs> Dude, I'm serious. Could you do that? It's almost like, you know, when you hear stories like that, you know, Keith Richards stories right, and stuff right, like that. Right. It's almost like, you know how they also say back in the day, um, weed just wasn't what it is now. Right, right. And so they, they were smoking all the time, but it sure. wasn't this like crazy, you know, yeah, engineered stuff. <laughs> it's almost as though like Jack Daniels was like that too. It's, cra- it's crazy. Because <laughs> you can't wrap your head around how some of these guys are alive to this day. How they, set, what, so how they made it as long four, as they did, at least. 14 ounces. Let's just call it, let's call it 15 hour. ounces in an hour. A pint of whiskey That's in right. an hour. <laughs> I mean, Godspeed. I fucking respect it, yeah. but maybe it is a tall tale. Because there's could, no, you know. It, it's, it's an awful lot. It's all- <laughs> I've seen the be- I've seen the best go down, you know the guys that are big, yeah. and burly, and can drink like no one else. Jimmy Russell, I've never seen him go down. <laughs> but beyond that, you know, I just don't know how it's possible. But I love that there is this mythology to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it. We need our we need our mythology. We need it's, another hero. We need no. it. <laughs> I love it. I really do. All right. So last question. Mm-hmm. You've traversed many different industries but in many different roles in the hospitality industry you've got the music piece this creative spark that runs through you what is something that you consider maybe an ultimate goal something that is a big achievement that you really are aiming for but you haven't yet done you know it's funny i my i almost haven't even been doing this long enough to have that fully nailed down for myself. Yeah. Um, I'm not a money guy. Mm. I don't live lavishly. Not that I could. I'm a bartender. But um, <laughs> all my money goes to food and drink yeah. for the most part. You know? Best um, way. Yeah. Um, so it, it would basically be to, to continue working in, in this industry uh-huh. in a way that I don't feel like my body is breaking down anymore. <laughs> Man, if I could if I could be, you know, opening cocktail programs, mm-hmm. that kind of thing and uh work twice a week, like bartend twice a week or something right. like that. That's my like at the moment, that's my next. That's like my 10-year sure. plan. You know, that's where I would love to be in 10 years. Mm. Do a couple shifts but not these like not these epic marathon yeah. shifts. You know, I, I've worked. I I did Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and put in forty six hours in those three days. Oh man, it's crazy, and and it's it's a lot. The older <laughs> you I'm get, it's even man. longer, man. And, yeah. and and I I work out like people go. I bet you get. I bet this job keeps you in really good shape. I said, Mm-mm. I have to stay in good shape so I can do this job. Oh, that's a great point. I have to work out. Literally, so I can do this. Yeah. And that is true. Sure. Wow. It's a challenge. We get older, but it, if we acknowledge our age as we get older, then we we succumb to it. Mm-hmm. But if we refuse to accept that our body could deteriorate and try to strengthen it, then you can beat it. Right. That's my that's my whole thing. Two days, man. Seriously. In the morning and then after, afternoon. I feel very blessed that I don't have to sit behind the bar all the time. Cause you get to sit there and work out and like really build up so right. you don't crumble. And I love it. 
I love bartending. Yeah. But I I I'm a, I'm pragmatic and a, enough of a realist to know how much longer can I can I keep this pace? Sure. You know, writing is always on the wall. But yeah. Depending how close it is, that's the question, really. So, man, well, it's been just. I mean, I feel really privileged to like understand your story and where you've come from, and I'm so glad that I found. I mean, you know, to give myself a pat on the back, which I seldom do. <clears throat> yeah, seldom do. <laughs> but no, man, I love that you listened to the the show and that you knew about this, and so glad you stopped by. It's man, I, I I've been uh, looking forward to this since you asked. You know. I was, surprised and uh, delighted that you did and super stoked really glad to have, have had the opportunity matthew i mean it's been a really pleasure man we'll drink some more whiskey but thanks so much for stopping by thanks mike thank you appreciate it well there we have it what do you guys think mr matthew corzelius of the roosevelt room here in austin texas a great guy music fan and art fan i cannot wait to see the kinds of concoctions he comes up with here as his career expands in austin texas i think he's going to be a cocktail mastermind in no time and hopefully he and i will go see mutoid man at the sidewinder on may 9th here in austin texas some great metal converge slash cave-in side project it's really worth checking out if you have not and you know enjoy some teo peppy sherry perhaps before you head out to the show so thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how much prep you think you need to do to interview the global ambassador for Net Bronco, or if you're thinking, man, I don't know how I'm going to get enough sleep tonight, please keep dancing.